from Arkansas's number one trusted source for weather. This is a new podcast episode alert. To get another podcast episode with Chief Forecaster Cameron and and founder Derek and once again, you know, so we've talked about a little bit about March thirty first here here in the past. We've also talked about again the um, uh, um, our transportation as well. But you know, the one event that really kind of started our year off was the tornado that many 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 people know about the rolling fort mississippi tornado back um really the week before the little rock torn tornado back on march 24th yeah and uh, this was one of those days definitely um just from a forecaster's perspective um this forecast kind of took a lot of leaps and bounds there and i you know a lot of people it Back in March, when this was all going on, this was before, you know, the Little Rock Tornado and everything, um, there was a lot of forecasting. Um, you were kind of a weird position when you were trying to forecast because leading up to this event, we had a lot of events that were, you know, underperforming, you know, didn't do as big as we thought it was going to be and everything like that. So, you know, naturally there was a lot of complacency with it. Oh, they said it's going to be a severe threat. That's going to happen. Everything was fine. Um, this event, um, for Arkansas's state, uh, for Arkansas's perspective, was somewhat of a, a blessing for Arkansas because it, you know, model data had a majority over the state, had this big outbreak that we were looking at. Um, the majority of that period, uh, starting at, I believe, day five, um, as early as day five from Storm Prediction Center, we had a slight risk in place. Uh, from much of Arkansas, and then, you know, it went from slight to enhanced, enhanced to a moderate, um, and, you know, there was a lot of concern, especially for our folks from Central and Eastern Arkansas. Well, um, during the day, we had a lot of morning rainfall, and I mean a lot of morning rainfall that kind of threw the wrench in the forecast, and, you know, a lot of people, you know, when you look back, to that event before the Little Rock Tornado. After the Little Rock Tornado, a lot of people were like, oh, wow, we actually, this event could have been a lot worse for Arkansas. But before the Little Rock Tornado, there was a lot of people that were, you know, upset or just not even paying attention because they, you know, they thought, oh, well, severe weather, it's not going to happen this spring. I'm not worried about anything like that. Well, unfortunately, it was Arkansas's gain, but Mississippi's loss. Um, we We were chasing that event. Um, we started in Lake Village in far southeastern Arkansas, um, and there was actually a tornado warning here mm-hmm. in Arkansas um, during that event, and we ended up chasing it, went into Mississippi. I do believe that storm ended up producing um, a tornado, I believe, up there in northern Mississippi um, as, it, as it emerged out. But Arkansas just got, you know, blessed with a, co- a combination of a lot of things, you know, morning rain and also the timing. Yeah. You know, it sped through Arkansas throughout the day before you got all your ingredients in place. Mm-hmm. Um, so and not Arkansas, only, yeah. And not only that, but, you know, 
typical as what's very typical with the March events. Yeah. Um, your warm front didn't lift north. That's right. So yeah. you know, you know, you were in the fifties and sixties. Yeah. In central and northern Arkansas, you know, while you were in the seventies to near eighty across much of uh, Mississippi, there was a lot of what we call a lot of mixing uh, going on across much of Mississippi and uh, Louisiana. And then, of course, you know, I remember uh, when we were driving out of the metro down into uh, southeast Arkansas. You know, you went from you know we were wearing jackets and stuff coming coming out of the city. And then once we got down towards, like, uh, Dumas and DeWitt and Lake Village, it got humid. Humid and hot. But we had to get out of those jackets, yeah. But at the same time, when that first tornado warning went off, we felt the warm front going back and forth and back and forth. Yeah. And that was when we uh, realized, okay, we need to be on the other side of the river. Yeah. Because you could feel the cold air. You could feel what we call a confluence band. And that confluence band was basically... Um, then you know your separation of your cold air, of your cooler, more stable air, and then your warmer air, uh, warm, moist, and unstable air, air at the both of both the surface and aloft. Yeah. And when we realized that okay, this is all coming in, rain, some of the out, outflow, etc. Um, you know, helped to stabilize much of the state. Um, that was when you know attention turned towards the uh, Mississippi, and you know March. Is notorious for Mississippi outbreaks. February, March, those those tend to be your Mississippi out, outbreak events. Yeah, Louisiana, yeah, Southern Texas, uh, Eastern Texas, Louisiana, Mississippi, Alabama. Uh, those areas, you know, typically, if you go climb on those are the areas, you're 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 going to see the biggest threat of seeing um, severe weather and significant tornadoes. So, but, uh, yeah. But you know, <clears throat> as we went through through the afternoon into the evening, you know, we quickly we quickly moved out of Lake Village yeah um, and then of course moved uh, southward towards the uh, roller Fork area which if which of course many many of you who go towards Florida every year you pass right through Rolling Fork and may not even uh, know it on your way towards I-20 on your way toward Yazoo City and then of course on down towards J- J- Jackson and places like uh, that but it is a town sitting right along Right along U.S. 61, and as well as uh, Highway 1, right there on the Mississippi River Delta. Now, as many of you know, you go right through it. You Again, it's a small town. You know, it has a couple of restaurants, a few stores, post office, places like that. Most of the town is off of the main road. Um, <clears throat> well, it was. Um, and, of course, we'll go into more of that in just a bit. But, you know... This this afternoon was really particular because we were watching the atmosphere transpire. We saw storms start to develop. It was developing um, down around the Lake Providence area. Yeah. Um, Lake Providence on down uh, south of Shreveport area is where it first formed early in the afternoon. And we watched it transverse across uh, Louisiana. was kind of producing, kind of not. And then, you know, as it got closer towards dark, yeah. this is this is when your ingredients really came together. Your jet was a little bit slower coming in, um, so you kind of didn't have all the ingredients in place during the day, which is very common in Dixie Alley. You don't get very many. Unlike March, March 31st, this event was a very common Dixie threat being near or just after dark. Now, if you had fast-forwarded this to May, it would have been before dark. Yeah. But because it's in March... Seven o'clock at night, 
it ended up being a not a nocturnal event. Yeah, and if it was in May, um, I would probably dare say it probably would have been a little bit further to the west too, because mm-hmm. uh, you know you have your southeast ridge start climbing. Speaking, uh, you have your southeast ridge start coming in and stuff like that. So it would it would have been a little bit further to the west. But in March, I mean, you still have somewhat of what we call a progressive pattern, and you always just kind of kind of take an effect like, hey, the system can slow down just a little bit. Um, or in Arkansas's case, I actually sped up just enough to get it out of Arkansas's uh, out of Arkansas's hair, but Mississippi had to, you know somebody has to deal with it. No matter where, yeah. no matter where it ends up, someone has to deal with it at some point. Uh, it's like a ticking time bomb, but you're just passing it around. Like, hey, is it going to come to me first, or is it going to be you, or something like that? So that's just, yep. that's kind of how it is. But and you know, un- unfortunately, on this night, so you know, you know, it, and I re- I remember it well. So we were um, coming down Highway Highway uh, sixty one, and you know I remember Cameron saying, "Well, because this did this, this is when the warning had just gone out for the town," and I remember you know we were coming in out of the north mm-hmm. um, just because of where we were positioned in addition to Lake to, to Lake Village earlier earlier in the day, and I remember there were there were two separate highways one. One just south of Rolling Fork, and then one kind of just north of Rolling Fork. Mm-hmm. So we took the highway just north of Rolling Fork that went east, and that on um, that 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 eventually would have gone on towards the I-55 area, and then and then on up um, along the further along the 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 uh, track 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 of the storm. Um, but just to be, but just to uh, you, you know, be basic. So we took this highway, um, and and at the time we didn't really know exactly um, what was gonna happen, but we knew the warning was out. We knew we we knew it was there, and you know we actually have uh, po- posted a few videos about this as well. Yeah. Um, but you know when we saw it coming across from Lake Pro- Providence, the warning went out, and that's when it went to a tornado emergency. Yeah. And when it went to actually, tornado, actually, was no, it right? uh, oh, it was oh, so it went from severe thunderstorm warning, tornado warning, PDS, tornado yep, warning, which right. is which is kind of you can almost put PDS and tornado emergency in almost in the same category, um, but it went PDS tornado warning, and then um, it went to a tornado emergency. And I remember we were on that late Providence storm, and I was sitting there just looking at because this is what we do. You're driving. I'm kind of keeping you updated on the radar, and I'm also keeping your breeze of the um, of the environment. And I remember telling you, I was like, this thing is heading into a straight ticking time bomb. I mean, mm-hmm. your your low level jet was kicking in. You had sufficient amount of um, of, of storm of storm fuel or instability. Um, you had a lot of bulk shear in place. Um, you also had the confluence span, uh, the vertical uh, uh, confluence span in place. Uh, with that, so it was just, I mean, that storm was headed right into a, uh, pretty much a, a, a very, very volatile environment for it to become a significant tornado, and I was like, okay, this is going to be it, this is going to be the one um, that we need to be on, so yeah, it came off of Lake Providence and emerged out, became a tornado warning, it sustained its rotation, rotation was absolutely just, in, I mean, mind-boggling, and with a tornado warning, PDS tornado warning, tornado PDS tornado warning to a tornado emergency, and folks that are not familiar with that terminology, 
um, PDS means particularly dangerous situation. Um, that is what we call a level two tornado warning. You have your base tornado warning, and then you have a particularly dangerous situation tornado warning. Sometimes you can get, that's why I said earlier, it can kind of be in the same pillar with each other because sometimes mm -hmm. you get tornado emergency with the PDS wording. Um, in our case, we did. Um, and what happened was it went from that to a tornado emergency. And tornado emergency is like the level three, the most highest highs you can get with a tornado warning. Um, that means that it is a catastrophic tornado on the ground moving into a populated area. It doesn't matter how big the population is. Yep. Um, I just realized they took the limit off of it. So it doesn't matter what population is heading into. If it's a catastrophic tornado, they're mm -hmm. going to call it a tornado emergency. So um, that's what ended up happening uh, with that. And I saw that go off on our phone. I was like, I knew it. I, yep. I, the environment was just too too volatile for it. Mm -hmm. So, And, you know, so when we saw this warning go, go out, we put ourselves in a spot where we could view it again keep in mind it's after dark it's in the delta you know typically you're you know you're going to be able to see these things so what we did is um we stopped in in, in the town of of anguilla which is about three to four miles north yeah of uh and we went down highway 414 and eventually you know this would take us on up towards the uh, silver silver city um as well which we didn't know at the time was going to end up being in the path of a, I think it was almost an 80 mile uh, tor tornado yeah. that went through the state of uh, Mi of uh, Mi Mi Mississippi. But but as we stopped, we we turned our car and looked, and we stopped, and you could hear the roar. And let me tell you, in the middle of the night, no lights around you, and you hear the roar of a tornado coming, and you can see the power flashes yeah. and you know the crazy thing about this is that you could almost hear the distant screams as well yeah and you know this is a this is an event you know i've been chasing for 15 18 years and this is one event that i will never forget i um, mean you know it shook i know it shook a lot of trade chase as well but it's but especially us um um as a team you know just just because you could hear everything going on as it was happening we were close enough to hear it. And I remember Cameron saying, we got to go. We got to go. And, you know, I was trying to figure why it's saying, we got to go. Then we saw the power flash. And when a tornado is moving left to right or right to left, that means you're out of the path of it. Yeah. But this was not moving. It was moving. The tornado was not moving at all. It was moving right at us. We were in the direct path. And ironically enough, um, before we realized what was happening in the rolling, rolling fork, um, so we were actually on Highway 14, and we got back in the car, and we drove about three to four miles east, and we drove that, that three to four miles east, the tornado crossed the exact point at which we were sitting. Yeah. And it was at its strongest point, which eventually would go on to be rated a, e, a very high-end EF4, just about one mile power below. Very, very, very high. What, about, what, uh, five miles power below yeah, e, e, EF5 ranking? It ended up being an, it ended up being, um, an EF4, 195 mile per hour winch, which mm -hmm. your threshold for EF5 is 200 plus. Um, so, which I mean, you can basically call it what it is because you're just five miles yep. per hour short. It, it, I mean... The damage that we saw and everything like that, it was just, it was yeah. ridiculous. But one thing I do remember uh, in particular, and I mean, 
like I said, this shook a lot of storm chasers. When we were, and, and keep in mind, folks, we were well enough away from being safe mm-hmm. and everything. We weren't, like, up and close and personal to the tornado. But it, whenever you are a certain distance away, you not only have to worry about the tornado, but you also have to worry about what's called RFD. Uh, that's Rear Frank Downdraft. And basically what was going on with that is while the tornado was going on, we felt, the first of all, the inflow. That's the warm moisture going into the tornado. Um, on one side of the tornado, you have your warm moisture going in, and on the other side of the tornado, you have your cool, you, you have your cool, somewhat drier air behind it, kind of like, somewhat like you deal with, like, a hurricane or something. So, um, what ended up happening inside that inflow, I mean, I even saw the car starting to try to be lifted up a little bit, because you had, what, I think it was 70 to 80 mile per hour, um, inflow winds going straight into the tornado, um, so at that point, that's, that was just a combination of everything. I saw the power flashes and I saw that. I was like, okay, yeah, we, we got to go. We, we got to go. We, we got to get and out of here. So, and so as we moved northeast, and we actually moved northeast to stay out of the way of it. Yeah. Um, and so uh, eventually this would track, you know, on into Silver City. But so when we went to for our second intercept, we actually got into the outer rain curtains and the outer outer circuit duration of it and so this is the closest really i've been to this high end of of a uh tornado we actually ended up in the in the cert in basically the outer 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 edge of it yeah the rain was coming around and you couldn't see at this point it had gotten wrapped in rain but the only reason why we knew where it was you could still hear the roar and you saw a few more power power uh, flat flat Lightning as, well. as, lightning as well. Yeah. Lightning kind of illuminated. I know it was rain wrap, but the lightning kind of illuminated where it was, so we had a pretty good read on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we kept going. You what, know, what was that road that we were on? Um, it, this was before we inter- we intercepted the tornado. I think we it was a it was a crossroad. Yeah, um, I know it was 14, 14, it was, 14 north. Yeah, it was a it was, fourteen and like a. Like a little gravel, yeah, gravel ro- road. gravel road. Yeah, um, folks, this is. And I know we have a lot of people that are listening in that are like, you know, weather enthusiasts or even storm chasers. That intersection right there was the difference between life and death. Um, you had gone north on 14. That was our escape route, and this is what we do. This no, is why east we, on 14. Uh, east, escape route. Yeah. East, east was east. Okay, east was your escape route. I think it was what was it? Your towards the tornado. North. It was north. So the gravel road was going north towards the torn, okay. tornado. Okay. Okay. Yep. Got it. And okay. that's the road we got on first. Yeah. And then and we then we realized, and I was like, okay, there was a road back there. Let's go. So you had a you, you had an intersection right there. You go east, you got out of the path. But if you would have kept going, it took you straight to it. And most cases, when you're storm chasing, and we talk about this even before we even go out, we got to plot skate routes. Like, hey, you know, what kind of roads are here? This road may kind of play later on mm-hmm. or something like that. So that's something that, you know, if you're a storm chaser or something like that, um, if we always recommend that if you have an escape route, always use it. Um, yep. Because, you know, that that tornado, you had several lives lost um, during that and everything. So mm-hmm. it, 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 was, it was close. It you was know, close. You know, One of the closest ones I've been to. You know, because, you know, I mean, we we followed this into uh, Silver City, yeah, City, Silver City, yeah, where there was a ton of damage, and we yeah. act, and we actually almost got hit by a telephone pole um, yeah. when somebody went went across live uh, lines. Yeah, and 
So don't you ever know, do that. <laughs> you know, you know, at first instance, we stopped in Silver City to help. Um, and you know, this is where I think there were two or three lives uh, lost in in uh, Silver uh, City. Which you know, that's sad because you know, I know Rolling Fork is small, mm-hmm. and I know we had other in other towns which we're going to talk about later on. Uh, but Silver City, you know. I don't think anybody's really hardly talked about Silver City because no. it was so small. Uh, but you still had damage. Yep. You still had a loss of life there, too. So yep. and, yeah. and, you know, the amazing thing about it is that the water tower was untouched. Well, everything yeah, around it was gone. Yeah. And at this point is when the tornado was starting to weaken a little bit mm-hmm. before it restrained them as it headed on up towards Wyona and on up towards the armory and places like uh, that. But, you know... When we got to Silver City, helped and you know check and check check to uh, see see everybody was was on scene, and that's when we we got the call. There were multiple chasers missing, uh, mul- you know multiple chasers hurt. Yeah. Um. Also multiple they needed help down in uh, Rolling Fork. Yep. Now we were maybe 15 minutes away, and so this is probably the fastest I've ever driven um, back. So again, you know as a as a first responder, I do have lights on top of my car. And so I told Cameron, we got to go now. Yeah. And so we turned around and floored it back to Rolling Fork. And when we got into town, it, I mean, you know, I've lived, I've been through the Mayflower tornado. I'd been through Jonesboro. Um, you know, I've been through several in Oklahoma. Yeah. You know, several in Candace. Yeah, but... You know, we and we were in Iowa, you know, for that one as well. But this one here, the Sheridan one, yeah. But this one right here probably really, really, really hit home, um, because we go into Rolling Fork, there's nothing left, yeah. And there was literally, and, and when I say nothing, I mean nothing left, because it was, I mean, there was just buildings I'm, I'm, everywhere. I'm, I'm gonna be honest with you, just straightforward. I'm really surprised this didn't get a five rating. Because it legitimately looked like a nuclear bomb went off mm-hmm. in that town, like it was, it was the most mind-boggling thing I I've ever seen. Like I said before, I wasn't um, chasing with the Mayflower to blowing a tornado, so you have you obviously have a different perspective yeah. on it because you know you saw you saw that firsthand. I didn't. So, um, what 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 was you know the comparison between the two? Would you say it was worse? Um, um, with that one. Comparing, you know, Mayflower and Bologna to uh, Rolling Fork, I think it was almost the exact same. Almost again, exact same. again, the the Mayflower Bologna twenty fourteen was a was a was a EF four, um, but it was a lower end EF four. So you keep in mind you're you're you're, you're talking low end versus high end. You know, yeah. you're talking almost EF five. Yeah. You know, same thing. Anchor bolts bent or snapped. Um, you know, stuff like that. Houses wiped off their foundations, and. Unfortunately, you know, with this event, with the uh, Rolling Fork tor- tornado, is, you know, you had a town very similar to to the uh, uh, May May Mayflower and uh, Valonia area. Actually, it really reminds me of Rolling Fork and Silver City. Kind of remind me of that Mayflower and Valonia because Mayflower took a lot more damage, but Valonia, you know, took the brunt. Yeah, and it was kind of flip, flip, flip flop with Silver City being more like Mayflower, yeah, and then yeah. Rolling Fort being more like the the uh, area. But regardless, you know, when we got into town, obviously traffic was at a dead, a dead, a dead, a dead halt, and you know, I have pulled many, many, many people out of rubble, 
you know, there was, I think what, what uh, really hit home was there was a restaurant there with a trailer park behind it. Oh. It was full of people. Yeah. The, the, the restaurant was full of people. And, you know, multiple people, you know, unfortunately died, died in, in, in this event. And we learned that later they put bodies out of the restaurant days later. But it, it, it was a brick establishment. Um, one of the best diners on the Delta in uh, Mississippi as well. Um, and so cars had been tossed into the restaurant while they were trying to take cover. Um, you know, just, just one of many stories uh, yeah. that we heard uh, from this event. You know, but I remember um, when Cameron and I were, were uh, trying to search, search and rescue um, throughout the trailer park behind this. And this is what really got it is because you didn't have a part of it. The entire trailer park was gone. gone. I mean, there was, was gone. nothing yeah. left. And, you know, we were pulling, I mean, we were, you know, we unfortunately were pulling deceased bodies out left and left and left, left and right. And some, and some of those, you know, some of those people, you know, the way they were positioned looked like they were actually trying to get to shelter. Mm -hmm. um, and the scary part about it, and, you know, this is kind of a combination of everything. Um, the tornado hit the, uh, the I think it, no, the tornado hit the tornado sign before it went to town, I believe. Yeah. Um, and those folks, you know, you know, this is... The sign was is, their way of warning. Yeah, yeah, this is like, this is not like, you know, Little Rock or, you know, El Dorado or Pine Bluff or anything like that. This is like very, 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 very small town Mississippi that, you know, a lot of us, you know, back in the day grew up in, especially if you're like, you know, we like kind of our background, you know, kind of what we grew up mm -hmm. in. You just had your signs, you had your basic cell phone, you had your basic stuff. You didn't have all the new technology and everything because, you know, it wasn't like a big established town like Little Rock is. But um, that's what happened. A sign got taken out, and those poor folks, I mean, they probably didn't even know a tornado was even coming. Like, I think what ended up happening is, um, and this is like the worst-case scenario, a tornado hit the, the sign right as it was going, it was trying to go off. Mm -hmm. And when that happened... I mean, you probably, somebody was probably in a the restaurant, they probably briefly heard it, and they were like, what was that? And then that was it, because the sign, yeah. was, the sign was just gone. And, you know, a lot of people were saying they didn't get, you know, alerts on their phones and anything like that. I mean, because just, the, yeah. Because there was a cell phone tower on the outside, outside of town, town. And they got And hit. the tornado took out the, the uh, cell phone tower first. Yeah. And so nobody got the alerts that went off. And, and you know, so... They didn't get alerts. That then the sirens didn't go off, and so it was, it was a that. worse combination thing. I think I think a total of twenty five people died, um, just in Rolling Fork alone, yeah, um, or something like that, or or, or twenty five total, but um, um, in this one eighty mile long track or tornado across the state of Mississippi. Yeah. But you know, you know that night to me really stands out just because of the amount of destruction over such a large area in such a small town. Yeah. And, you know, you know, we're not just talking about we're talking about brick building, well established buildings. Um and you know, the the uh the downtown area looked like a complete war zone. Yeah. Was, you know, the next wild. day and first light really really set the stage for what we, you know, didn't really expect. But, you know, some of those some of the worst stories I, I think for me was having to tell you know, a father, hey, we found your son, you know, who had just gone to spend time with his, with his friend. Yeah. And, 
you know, you're telling, you know, or telling a son, hey, we found your dad over here, telling, you know, just the stories, you know, that you lived through, and... There was this one mom that she, um, she had lost her son, and I, I, I will never forget this, man, because it kind of struck a little home, um, especially with me, because, you know, mm -hmm. it was like, Rolling Fort, if, if you grew up in El Dorado, I mean, obviously, El Dorado's now bigger than that, but El Dorado didn't used to be that big. It used to be a very small town that had your basic stuff, and that was it. And uh, I remember going there, and I remember just telling you, I was like, man, dude, this this is like freaking El Dorado, like my childhood, like how how it was. And it just, yeah, it it, it was a very my bowling thing. And just hearing that, you know, just going through, doing the search and rescue and stuff like that, hearing the stories, just heartbreaking. I mean, it, 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 was, it was nuts. It was just, like you said, um, the combination of everything, you know, the, the tower getting hit, the sirens getting hit, it it was just a nightmare. Mm -hmm. it, it was a nightmare situation, and like I said, unfortunately, we did lose those lives and stuff like that. And yeah, you know, and I, you know, and then, you know, we talked, you know, the next day with, with several folks, yeah. you, you know, who were involved uh, with, 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 with a teacher who lost students, you know, students who lost a teacher, I mean, just... You know, but seeing the the uh, community, but I think what uh, really gets me um, is that, <coughs> you know, uh, with this town, that, you know, here we are almost six months later, and there's still hardly anything's been done. Yeah. You know, the, you know, the state of Mississippi, you know, we're up, up and down to help these folks in, the, in this town, and hardly anything has been done. You know, we've had followers go through there, we, we've had other other people on our team have been yeah. have been through, you know, and there's there's quote unquote some rebuilding going on, but they're having to do it themselves. It's not, you know, um, again, as you know, it takes time for this stuff stuff to happen. Yeah, but, I was gonna say it doesn't happen overnight, but right. the problem is, it's but just, you have a whole town yeah. that now is down to two businesses yeah. versus the extent of what they had, and you know, for me, just just the uh, people who survived that. You know, in when they had nothing, and you know this was a town that already had nothing. Yeah. You know they were you know they were a bunch of farmers yeah. who were just happy to have well what they had. Mm -hmm. And then a town, I remember you know we heard stories about they've never been hit. They never had able to go to the north, go to the south, go to the east, go to the west. And this is a testament of where tornadoes don't care about paths. Um, but you know, just thinking about that. You know, when rolling before Rolling Fort hit, we had a lot of that. Um, you know, we had a lot of people talk about that here in Arkansas because they'll be like, you know, Little Rock's never been hit. And Little Rock, you know, it's always gone north or it's gone south. Or it's, it, you know, it's lifted before it got here. And I think the one thing that this year has proven mm -hmm. is that most of those claims are myths. Like yep. it, it can it can hit a metropolitan area. It can go over mountains. It can go over lakes. It can hit the towns that it normally doesn't get hit. Like, this year has changed the perspective mm -hmm. on just everything. Not, you know, everything severe weather-wise. Everything just, yeah. just, you know, in general. And it's proven, you know, that you don't necessarily have to have all the ingredients in place at one time. Exactly. Um, you know, and it's proven that you don't... I mean, it's proven that, you know, you have to rely on other sources as well. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, running for us... You know, we lost radar. We lost cell phone service. You know, we had to rely on our on our instinct, on our visibility. Yeah. You know, on our on our maps. You know, we had to rely 
the old school way of doing things yeah, because there was not a new because you know your quote unquote new school technology was useless mm-hmm. um, because when a tornado take, takes out every doggone five G tower between the Mississippi River and I fifty five, you know you're kind of kind of uh, left with a little bit of what matter, to do. Matter of fact, I don't even think you had to service to even call nine one one. You didn't. Uh, you just had the basic stuff. I know the uh, the um, the um, what was it? The emergency management. You know mm-hmm. they have their own little mm-hmm. way of communicating. But like, if you're just a basic person, I mean, yeah. you didn't even have service. There was a lot of people that were, you know, that knew that we were out chasing. You know, mm-hmm. they were concerned. You know, wrong foot got hit. They couldn't get in contact yeah. with us. We had no, you know, you had nothing. Mm-hmm. It was like you were out in the middle of nowhere, with no service, no nothing. You can't call nine one one or anything like that. Yeah. So it it was and also. It was, Prove to watch yeah. your surroundings too, because yeah, while we were doing a search and rescue, there was another tornado warning. If you re- re- I remember that, I remember, remember one touched down in the neighborhood across from where we were uh, doing a search and rescue. Now this was back in Silver Silver uh, City. Yeah. Um, but another one had touched down and quickly moved, moved, moved through. So now you had people already scattered about. Now you had a second one to go through, but there was no warning because there were no phones, because there were no sirens, because power was out. Tornado sirens down, etc. Yeah, you, so you're, you're just going off of um, you're just going off the of structure. You're going off the of yeah. sound. You're just going off of so this your, event, your instinct at that point. But you know, you know, Cameron, this event just proved that you know, you know, when it comes to super weather, you have to rely on your instincts. Yep. You have to rely on your safety because you know there were several chasers that got too close, and yes, it's in the Delta night, but chasing. In the Delta versus chasing in the plane is two totally separate things. One guy because you go one goes yeah. twenty to thirty miles per hour in the plane and goes 60, 60 to seventy down down yeah. east of east of the Mississippi. And unfortunately, you know we saw that happen on on March 2024. 20, yeah. So, you know, with that proof, don't get too close because you you can get rolled. You can get you know, yourself or even your partner's in danger. That's what I was saying earlier on with that crossroad. Mm-hmm. Um, and and, that, and that's why, you know, me and Derek work really great as a chase team because uh, we both have the same instinct like, hey, I want to get back home <laughs> with the car and everything intact. So yep. um, what we did is, like you said before, we there was there was an east option. That was your that was your escape route. If you would have kept going, it took you towards Northern. Now here's the thing. We went that way just for an extent, just to see, what, you know, how everything was developing. We heard it. The moment I heard it, I told you, let's go. We, we got to yep. go. And we turned around, and we went east. We got on that state route, and we were gone. I mean, I think we did what? What was it, 90 to 100 mile per hour yeah. on that on that escape route trying to get out of the path? And, yep. that's, and, and that's just instinct. That's just, you know, having that sense of awareness. Like, hey, and that was, I think that was actually before... Um, it you know it got to its maximum strength. You know I heard it. It was like now rolling forward was its maximum. It was, it was maximum yeah. strength. Yeah, and when it was, I think it, at that point it was just developing. Yep, it was developing. It was, this was way before it hit the town, and I just heard it. And then another thing, you also want to trust your gut instinct with this as well. I know you have your primary instinct, but your gut instinct will get you out of a lot of situations. And I was just sitting there. I was like, I have a bad feeling about this one. Some reason I got a bad feeling about it. So let, let, let's go, and I, I I kid you not, guys. We we got on that escape route, and I mean it touched down. We had power flashes, and I would just I remember this, and I'll never forget it. 
I turned around. We were driving. I turned around, looked out the passenger window, and all you saw was just this monster wedge. I mean, it was an absolute monster. The lightning just illuminated it, and it was an absolute monster of a wedge, guys. So, um, anybody that's, that's listening to this, safety always comes first when you're chasing. You can always sell footage at any given point, but selling footage is not is not worth you know sacrificing your life for. You always want to be safe uh, when you're doing something like this, guys. So. Yep. But again, you know, you know, you know, to those folks. In uh, rolling for again, you know we yeah, never my heart, my heart we will yeah, never, never forget this event because this yeah. event really shaped I think how we've chased the rest of this year yeah. and probably how we're going to chase going going uh, for forward as well. Um, but again, it's just going to show that times are changing. You know, severe weather's changing, the the atmosphere is changing, um, and again, it just goes to show you that. Um, all it takes is one event to throw to make a spring bad. Yeah. And you know, little did we know a week later what we were dealing deal with. Of course, we have a podcast on that um, going going over the wind and the Little Rock event um, from March thirty thirty first. Need us to say those those back to back weeks. Oh. Um, really kind of wrecked uh, our brains a little bit. Yeah. And a whole it. lot of chasing done, <clears throat> but it was a whole lot of effort put, put put in and unfortunately though you know between the two events we had um a total of uh, 28 lives lost in yeah. two events yeah and the thing about that was you know during the march 31st event um with little rock going just after i think this was like as you're 24th you're about seven eight days away from the removed from the rolling fork tornado and you know from a forecaster's perspective you know because i i doing doing both forecasting and chasing you know it takes a lot of mental fortitude mm-hmm. to package yourself back up and get yourself back on that on that horse and say, "Hey, we got it. We, we you got to cover these folks because these folks are depending on you." And the one thing I just kept hearing before the Little Rock tornado went down was a lot of people were, you know, just like, "Hey, this is not going to happen. It's going to, you know, you know, don't worry about it, stuff like that." I was like, "Guys, we cannot do that. We cannot afford." to let our guard down. That, this is why we, 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 we stress so much 24-7 when severe weather strikes, you always got to be prepared no matter mm-hmm. the circumstances because rolling fork hits so close to home. And then, you know, unfortunately we had, you know, the Little Rock tornado, the wind tornado, just about eight days removed from that. And um, I, I was just telling people, I was like, you just, you, you've got to be weather aware. You know, yeah. some, if, if severe weather buzz, that's awesome. That's great. Um, but in that situation, I mean, it, it was just, yeah, and try to package, is, package yourself up and get back and, to that, that horse was not easy. And, you know, little did we know what we would see going forward through the rest of spring. Yeah. And, you know, let it, we've seen more EF3, EF234s this year than we've seen in the previous, really the previous 10 years combined. Yeah. And, you know, that just goes to show you that, hey, and we're going to have a whole podcast about this coming up. You know, El Nino, when you go to an El Nino pattern, El Nino tends to produce some of the wor- worst severe uh, weather across this part of the country. Yeah. Um, but again, obviously, we're going to have a podcast on that coming up as well. Um, then, of course, obviously, you know, you know, we're going to have a podcast coming out um, as, as well, going over our 21 event as well. We it's hope Snowmageddon, to, yeah. yeah. Um, 
And then, of course, obviously, you know, we're getting into fo fo football season as well. Um, coming up soon, you know, we're going to talk a little bit about what, uh, you know, weather um, and the forecasting impacts it, it has on both the baseball seasons and the uh, football seasons all around the state. Not just for our colleges, you know, but for our minor league teams, stuff like that as well. Definitely. Um, but again, you know, obviously, you know, we do want to give a shout out, you know, to to our sponsors, uh, Crown, Crown Wild Ranch, local uh, roofing and construction, Natural State Wireless, Diamond State Dent, re, 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 removal, and removal, yeah. yep, and uh, BBB Arkansas. You know, you know, without them, you know, none of, none of this would be uh, possible. Definitely, and also want to kind of give a quick shout out to our awesome Patreon supporters: uh, Jesse Smith, Tiffany Dyson, uh, Pam Webb. Um, uh, Brett uh, Wolf, also a Amy Smith, and the rest of our Patreon supporters, guys. Um, as always, you know, we wouldn't be here doing all of this if it wasn't for our Patreon supporters and our sponsors, you know. Mm -hmm. we, we love doing this, guys. We love giving this information out for free and everything. Um, I do want to kind of throw a shout-out real quick. If you are interested in either becoming a Patreon supporter or if you have a business and you want to become a sponsor, um, send us an email, ArkansasWeatherWatchers at gmail.com, or um, you can always find that Patreon uh, supporter link in the comments or wherever you listen mm -hmm. to this in. So, um, other than that, guys, like I said, for one more thing I want, I want to throw out is uh, Rolling Fork. Uh, there's a lot of survivors, not even just in Mississippi, but, you know, in Arkansas, too. Uh, there's yeah. a lot of people, you know, that they refused out of Rolling Fork and came into Arkansas. Mm -hmm. um, my heart goes out to them. Yep. You know, the entire team's heart goes out to yep. them. Rolling um, Fork. And we will rebuild, and we will be stronger than ever. Yeah. Uh, Rolling Fork, Silver City, yeah. Amory. You know, um, you know, I actually did a, a moral video over over, over this immediately, immediately after, after as well. Yeah. Um, but, you know, for our folks at Rolling Fork, Amory, um, uh, Silver City, Silver City uh, yeah. Wyona, you know, our our hearts could go out, could go out to, to you as well, you know. Same thing for our folks in uh, Little Rock and Wynn as well. Yeah. You know, anybody, these, anybody these two that's events... Been, anyone that's been impacted by severe weather this year. These, these two events um, really kind of set the stage. You know, we have a podcast on both of them now. Um, you know, our hearts go, go, go out to you as always. Mississippi strong. Arkansas strong. We will rebuild. Re, 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 uh, if there's one thing I know of, about the South, we are we are very, very rebuilt. Re, resilient and we come back stronger definitely so as always guys be sure to tune into the next podcast episode and we'll continue to keep you guys updated right here your source for all things Arkansas weather